State Senator Scott Bennett is with us this morning. Scott, how are you doing? Good morning. I'm doing great. Well, tell us what's going to happen down in uh, Georgia today. Where have we got primaries? We've got them in Georgia and Alabama, and there are at least two other states, aren't there? I, I can't say that I know for sure. I'm, I'm <laughs> That's the way I focused on the, on Illinois elections. I have heard about the first two states you mentioned, and I think the largest thing that people are going to pay attention to is uh, in the states where uh, former President Trump had made endorsements. How those endorsements will fail? Fair, um, because it's kind of a mixed bag so far uh, in crowded Republican primaries to see kind of whether or not his uh, endorsement carries the same weight. And perhaps did um, when he was still in office. I think when he makes an endorsement, it does carry some weight, but it's it's time to kind of move on from 2020. So we'll see what happens here today, and if he has uh, that much uh, with it or not. It just kind of depends on who you talk to and what's going to happen. Be interesting to watch the results of this tonight. Yeah, I think it sets the it sets the tone for 24 as well. Yeah. You know, 24 is going to be a whole different uh, ball game here. A Russian soldier captured by Ukraine who pled guilty to killing a 62-year-old unarmed civilian in the early days after Russia's invasion was sentenced to life in prison at a Ukrainian court yesterday. Do you think this is going to have some after effects from Russia? Well, I mean, I, I certainly don't, uh, <laughs> don't 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 have uh, much insight as to why you know why anything happens over there uh, <laughs> and what their and what their uh, reverse sanctions are going to be, right? Yeah. Um, so it's interesting. Uh, I've been hearing a lot about like who's on the uh, the no visit list, for example, in Russia, and I'm thinking to myself, as someone who studied there in the '90s, who would want to go there right now? I mean, like <laughs> I just uh, you know, as we see with a WNBA player. I'm not sure it's such a bad thing to say you're not welcome uh, to visit right now because there's no real state of law, um, and certainly for as an American citizen, I think you're. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, the farther you stay away, the better until all this is resolved and until they have a different uh, a different leadership. Is this an election year here in Illinois? By the way, I'm seeing a lot of ads recently that seem to allude to that <laughs> fact. <laughs> I haven't heard how many ads you've had, you got in the radio stations had this morning, but uh, certainly uh, I voted yesterday for early voting. Uh, and on the Democratic side, it's just so quiet. Uh, we had <laughs> only two contested primaries locally for the Democrats, mm-hmm. Secretary of State and our congressional seat. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, the, the governor's race, the Secretary of State race, the Republican side, um, I, I think you're going to see, um, well, there is. It's a ton of money. And all the money has been largely uh, in the congressional, I'm sorry, in the gubernatorial side. But then just yesterday, I saw that uh, uh, Irvin has shared some of that um, that money he's received with others on his slate, including the attorney general candidate, secretary of state candidate. So that just means more commercials. Now they've got more money; they're going to put they're, they're going to put that in the media as quick as they can. Yeah, as I've said before, it's a good time to own stock in, uh, in, in local TV. Uh, but and, and even now, I mean, the, the pundits are saying and the, and the strategists are saying TV doesn't reach as many people as it once did. And so you're looking at different ways. You know, you're looking at the pop-ups, you're looking at text, you're looking at all those 
things that we all just particularly from a candidate you didn't like in the first place, and then you you know have to keep exiting out of their tech uh, when you're just trying to, uh, to to go about your day. Um, so I, I think most of us will be pretty happy after June uh, for a brief time um, because the primary end is, is uh, June 28th. But then of course November is the is the big prize, and kind of it goes back to your first question, which is a lot of people are watching what happens in November of 22 as a precursor to 24. Um, if it's a bad night for Democrats, then I think a lot of people will wonder, well, was it the president? Was it Biden that brought um, that, that kind of, you know, his, in his low numbers and some of the things we've seen nationally that, that brought the ticket down. And then I think there'll be some question whether he gets primaried uh, going into 24. Um, and then of course, if it's a, a great, you know, a great night, a great year for those that have endorsed by president Trump, um, then I think that really gives him a lot of encouragement to be a candidate in 24 as well. Well, he certainly acts like he's going to run. But at this point, uh, looking at the governor's race here in Illinois, CW and I have been watching this. He's out today, but he's going to be back uh, tomorrow. But we were talking about this last week. Uh, there's so much negative stuff coming up about for Darren Bailey, for example, They'll talk about him for 30 seconds before they actually get to the meat of, of whatever that particular spot is. And is that mostly talking about how he's a secret liberal? Uh, <laughs> the, you know, the, sure. I'll tell you, that, that is looked at as, I mean, he, he's, he's a very nice man. I don't, I don't agree with his policy, policies, but um, one thing that anybody who has served with him has never suspected, is he a secret liberal? Uh, that that has never crossed our minds in Springfield. So every time those commercials come up, a lot of us share that. Like, did you know he was fooling us the whole time? Uh, but the uh, you know it's, you know there will people will say anything in in uh, campaign time. Uh, we don't have a lot in our media market of uh, Rodney Davis's primary with Mary Miller, even though we were kind of surrounded by their former uh, congressional districts before. Sure. Uh, but my friends who live kind of uh, in the Peoria area and north. Uh, tell tell me now, you wouldn't believe how nasty this is getting. We see a little snippet. Um, but again, anytime, an intra-party fight is always the worst. Because um, it's very hard to differentiate yourself from that candidate. So, um, you know, Mayor Miller's, uh, I think her, her line is, is Rhino Rodney David. Everything is always Rhino Rodney David. <laughs> uh, and then he has to say that she votes with uh, AOC and the, and the lefties. Anyone who's paid any attention just has to roll their eyes at all of it. But the hope is that for those 20% that have just been too busy to pay any attention, um, that they you know, might go, oh, I didn't realize that uh, Mary Miller is, is secretly a member of the squad and I can't <laughs> trust her going in. You know? And so uh, you know, it's just, it's, I'm sure from you guys, too, you know, who talk monthly to all these candidates, um, it's hard to even recognize at the end of a campaign the people that are being portrayed here. Um, from the people we know, uh, but you know, it, it, it isn't. It's not new. I'm not. I mean, it's one of those things. Like you know, it's easy to get discouraged. You go, this is not good for democracy, because there are real policy differences that probably they should take a few minutes to describe and to kind of uh, to flesh out. But um, in the meantime, they're just they're trying to make people mad. Um, and uh, you know, if you if you get upset, then that might drive you to the polls and uh, hopefully vote. Um, either for, for for their candidate or at least against their opponent. Well, how many bodies are going to be scattered by the time the primaries are done here? That's what amazes me. 
you can say anything about anybody. And then when, uh, you know, the big election comes up in the fall, everybody has to hold hands and get along. And I can see where that would be a little difficult with some of these folks. Absolutely. And and that, that is the hard thing. People kind of go, oh, get over it. It's politics. But when you when your family has seen you know, some of the comments they've made about people, um, I think it does get hard for people to, to put those um, things aside. You know, the, the old wisdom also was, and this is what, had traditionally benefited the Republicans was the Democrats would always have these big raucous primaries, you know, 10 way, like when Kwame Rowe ran, there were 10 people running for attorney general. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's like, okay, so we're going to spend all our money fighting each other. And then the Republicans who maybe had their act together earlier on would fly through the primaries, not spend any of their war chests, and then have all their money against the Democrats in the general. Um, what's interesting is, you know, you'd think, well, that's kind of turned on its head, but no, because when you've got Ken Griffin or on the Democratic side, you know, J.B. Pritzker and some of the others, when you're talking about billionaires supporting both sides, the money doesn't really have a bottom. And so, I mean, that's kind of the strange thing. The argument, and this has been kind of a uh, regular conversation uh, in Springfield for a while about, okay, so if Ken Griffin is supporting his slate of candidates, what if one of the other candidates, including Darren Bailey, win the primary? Will he just walk away or will he say, well, I still don't like J.B. Pritzker and try <laughs> and give money to Darren Bailey? <clears throat> I tend to think it's the latter. Um, you know, it's, it would be strange to me if he ends up spending. And I think right now he's got $45 million in. I kid you not, a month before the primary. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so you figure by the end of June, he'll have probably – 70 or 80 million invested in beating Pritzker, right? Yeah. And so say Jay, say uh, Bailey ends up, um, as, as at least my local signs would indicate, making it very close, if not winning that primary. Um, I just, I can't imagine that, that Griffin, who by all accounts is a smart guy, doesn't say, well, actually, you know, I might have some questions about Bailey's electability, but I agree with him on 95% of the issues. Mm-hmm. So I bet with my money in the general, he'd be a lot more electable than he would without it. I'd rather, I'd rather, you know, the uh, enemy of my enemy is my friend uh, type thing, I think, would apply there. And so I, I think ultimately that's what we'd see. But again, it's a long way to the primary and a long way that to, to, um, to see who wins that. But it is absolutely shocking. I, I, uh, for most of us who saw the last poll that put Bailey within the margin of error, and he's got, you know, something like $40 million less spent so far sure. in his race. So that would indicate, I think in part, you know, as much as political strategists would like people would like to believe that people aren't paying attention and you could fool people by putting in a scary black and white commercial, people are paying attention and yeah. the commercials themselves aren't having the effect. Um, and so that would indicate that a money advantage isn't what it once was. I think Darren Bailey's pretty popular in this part of the woods, but I don't think before before all the ads started, he wasn't known outside of the central Illinois area. But now, you know, he's got a lot of mileage out of these uh, killer ads, supposedly. So, yeah, yeah, he has, and I think it hasn't given. I mean, the fact that so the Republican primary voters. Um, you know, to our earlier question, to the extent that they still have a lot of uh, faith in, in, the, in President Trump's uh, viewpoint. Um, and, and that's, you know, that depends on what state you're in, but it seems like many states that's the case. 
if Trump does endorse Bailey right before the uh, primary, that could have an effect. And then you have on the other side the other front runner who won't e- won't acknowledge even if he voted for Trump, right? Because he right. doesn't want to be painted with that in the, in the general uh, against in those same moderate um, suburban areas that don't like President Trump that he's hoping to do well on to be Pritzker. So I just <laughs> it's a very interesting thing. You've got one person going all in on President Trump and that being Bailey. Yeah. And you got Irvin that that was chased out of a, a fundraiser uh, the other day by Jeannie Ives because he wouldn't. And, and she is a, you know, she's a very tough, uh, tough questioner. Um, if she didn't get her answer, she's going to follow you until she does. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, former state rep. But, um, and, you know, asking, did he vote for Trump or not? And he wouldn't give her an, give an answer. So hmm. you can stay on message, I suppose. But what a disparity uh, in, in the primary. And to have, have it neck and neck would suggest that um, people are pretty divided in the state of Illinois uh, on the Republican side on that issue. Well, we'll see what happens. State Senator uh, Scott Bennett, thanks for your time this morning. We appreciate it, buddy. Always glad to be with you. Have a good night. Thank you, sir. We appreciate it.